Hello everyone, my name is Dan. Welcome to Eventually Super Train, a short-lived TV show podcast. We cover short-lived TV shows, one episode at a time, three at a time, one episode at a time. Eventually we'll cover Super Train. We're basically talking about short-lived TV shows here that never got enough love. And we are on episode 157 and I am happy to say we are finally on. Spotify. Yay! And so because we are on a, um, a new platform for the first time in a while, Stitcher's gone, now we're on Spotify, I thought we're, we're going to do a very special episode. And we're going to do it uh, for this reason. Um, I was thinking, um, the, the format of the show is usually this. So, for, for example, the last episode of the show, 156, began with myself and my friend Tim S. Turner discussing the second episode of the first season of the U.S. Max Headroom from... 87. Then uh, I discussed Solo, an episode, uh, I think episode four of Monster Squad, a uh, Saturday morning show about monsters and, and, and um, gopher from the love boat solving crimes. And then I closed out the episode with myself and my friend Christopher Bly discussing the 10th and final episode of Galactica 1980. So normally what would happen with this episode, 157, is Tim S. Turner and myself would be discussing the third episode of Max Headroom, season one. I'd be discussing the fifth episode of Monster Squad. And I would have someone join me, maybe someone old, someone new, so, you know, whatever. Um, and we'd be discussing episode one of something new. And that would be the way it went. Well, I decided just to break things up because this is the way the, the show's been going for... The show's been going for over seven years, so I thought, let's let's have a little fun with it. So, I am not going to replace Galactica 1980 in 2023. And uh, when season one of Max Headroom ends, it's not going to begin... We're not going to be in season two until 2024. So, what will happen is this. And I know what you're thinking right now. Dan, I don't. I already don't know what this show is. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Well, suffice it to say, I, I, I'll go more into what's happening with the show in a moment. Suffice it to say, normally an episode that you're going to hear would be three episodes, three segments, usually with two guest hosts along with myself, sometimes three guest hosts. The average episode is an hour and a half to two hours long. This one, however, there's only going to be one segment. Me, myself, discussing the Monster Squad, or not the Monster Squad, that's the name of the movie from the mid-80s, Monster Squad, Episode 5, Music Man. And the next episode, Tim S. Turner and myself will be back discussing the third episode of Max Headroom. And then he'll be, and then basically, I take January's off, so Max Headroom uh, Season 1 will end in early December, and the last episode of the year will be Monster Squad. It's something Christmassy. I'm a big fan of Christmas. So this episode is, is very specifically, I'm going to tell you a bit about the show, how the show works. I already told you part of it right there. And you will find that uh, I'm, I'm slightly nervous as I'm talking. I don't have any script that I'm going off of. I'm just winging it. So every once in a while, I may repeat myself. And if I do, I apologize. I'll try to edit it out. Sometimes I miss it. But all shall be well. So the way the show works, it began back in yeah July 4th, 2016, and I wanted to do a show about um, uh, short-lived TV shows. I like, for some reason, I, for some reason I have an affinity with, with short-lived TV shows. I, I don't know why it is. I mean, there's something about, like, you know, to do a TV show requires a lot of effort and a lot of time 
and to just sort of do a show and then have the network say, boom, it's done, and just, just take it off is always sort of fascinating to me. And, and to sort of watch, like, shows that um, are great, like, right out of the pocket or shows that aren't quite there and need some time or, or shows that never seem to hit, like, where they need to be are all are all sort of fascinating to me. And I'll, I'll mention examples of those in a bit. Um but but there were quite a few shows I liked that were short-lived and, and other shows, longer shows. I mean, like right now, for example, you can find, you know, a good friend of mine, Kristen Hawes, and I've been a guest on this, does a Hawaii Five O show where she goes, uh, you know, two episodes at a time. You know, there's a show for Cheers. There are a couple shows for MASH, uh, you know, Doctor Who, Star Trek. You know, the big, big sci-fi cult shows have them. You know, my friend Amanda Reyes does the Trap Cast for Trapper John MD. You know, show, shows, and these are all popular shows. These are all popular shows that ran for some time. I was more interested in doing shows that ran for a season or less or a lot less. One of the rules of the show I have is um, that, well, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a rule. I guess it's a rule is that the show can't have more. It, it has to be a show that has no more than one full season. Now, this can include shows like, say, Monster Squad. Uh, Monster Squad was a Saturday morning TV show. Most Saturday morning TV shows in America in the 60s, 70s, 80s, I'm not that conversant in the 90s and beyond, but most shows in the 60s, 70s, and 80s just had one season. You know, a show like, say, Hong Kong Fooey, you know, which is a show a lot of people know of and such, you know, is, is had one season, you know, 16 episodes. You know, shows like, I want to say the original Yogi Bear only ran for one season. But but a lot of Saturday morning shows just ran for one season. You know, a show had to be really popular to go for a second season. Because what, what would happen, and I say, I've said this before in the Monster Squad thing, but I'm just saying this for all you new uh, people joining us here. All you new, uh, very nice people joining us here on Spotify. That on set Saturday morning shows, what you could do is... And, uh, is um, you, you could make 13 to 16 episodes and show them over and over and over again. A great example of this would be, say, like, and I'll mention this in Monster Squad, like Ghostbusters, the, the filmation Ghostbusters. You know, they made 15 episodes in that circa 1975. They made them super cheap, super fast. They, those were airing on Saturday mornings into the early 80s. Then when, the, when Ghostbusters hit 1984, they would air again. So they would air them over and over, you know. And so a show like Monster Squad would start airing in September on Saturday morning. There'd be 13 episodes. And they'd basically show the 13 episodes four times. 13 times four is 52 over the course of a year. And then the show would come off the air. Sometimes it would continue to go. Sometimes it wouldn't. But uh, it, uh, 13 episodes for a Saturday morning show is not, uh, is not a failure. It's what most shows did. Just They just had the one season. Anyway, I'll stop stop talking about Saturday morning shows. But but obviously, your average TV show, 13 episodes, is not great. So, you know, most shows, they'll do a pilot, and then they'll get, you know, they'll they'll get the, the, the other 12, so they'll have 13 episodes, unless they don't use the pilot, then 13 episodes. Usually 13 episodes is, is the initial, and a lot of shows would get canceled after 13. Some would get picked up for the rest of the season, and... and, and you know, maybe get canceled at the end of a season. But the what's sort of the rule of this show is that um, none of the shows we discuss in here can have more than one full season. Now, what that means is that we can talk about shows like Max Headroom that have technically two seasons. 
because Max Headroom had a six-episode tryout and then eight more episodes and was canceled. Uh, we previously done two others. My, my good friend, um, writer, researcher, Blu-ray commentator, all-around awesome uh, uh, person, Amanda Reyes, author of Are You in the House Alone? TV Movie Compendium, uh, co-host, along with myself and, and the great Nate Johnson from Hysteria Continues, of um, the Made for TV Mayhem show, Amanda and I have covered um, Jordy Loves Chachi and Lucan. And Jordy Loves Chachi began with a four-episode tryout, was the number one rated show, new show of that season, and came back to another 13 episodes, and then Happy Days was winding down, so they decided to um, uh, bring Jordy and Chachi, because the ratings weren't that great in the second season, back into Happy Days. So that had two seasons. And Lucan began with a TV movie, seven episodes that were very haphazardly scheduled, and then it was brought on for another four in a second season uh, later in whatever that year was, 78 or whatever. So um, it's very much... Uh, uh, you, you, can't, they, these shows can be more than one season, but uh, there can't be a full season. So, for example, uh, we could do Joni Love Chachi... We can do Max Headroom. We can do... I just recently thought... I was, I've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I went back and I rewatched The Job. The Dennis Leary show. We could cover The Job. The first season was six episodes. Then they did 13 and got cancelled. But we couldn't do Get a Life. Which I'd love to do. Get a Life had a full season. And then a half season. Another example would be say Twin Peaks. Even if Twin Peaks didn't have... It's third season, which I count as part of the overall show, Twin Peaks had the initial, what, seven episodes and then a full season, so that wouldn't count. But uh, uh, Project UFO would be a show for example that that could work. Project UFO started off with 13 episodes mid-season, then it was given another 13 and then it was cancelled. 26 episodes, which is a full season's worth, but over two seasons. So that's ah, whatever, that, those are just my rules. And and uh, basically the way the show works yeah, is I try to have on three guests joining me and I try to make them, everything is sort of mini podcasts within the main podcasts. So like if you listened to the last episode, last episode you would have heard the continuing story of Monster Squad, you know, four episodes in. You would have heard the second part of Tim S. Turner, myself, discussing Max Headroom. And you would have heard of the end of Galactica cast because Christopher Bly and I went all the way through Battlestar Galactica and then Galactica 1980 and now we're done with Battlestar Galactica. Boom. Uh, so that, that's why I like to think of that. Uh, one of the other things, if, if a show has a sort of standalone, like a TV movie, like for example, uh, Lucan. Lucan began with a 90 minute movie. We do those as separate mini-sones in general. Not always, but in general. Uh, if there's if there's like um something like if we were to do Twin Peaks and there and we, we would have fit the format I would have covered Firewalk with me as a mini Uh There have been if you go through the if you go through the entire run of the show, there have been random mini and random segments covering other little side things. For example, in the very first year around the time that HBO premiered their Westworld TV show, I covered. Uh, in, in five minisodes, the Beyond Westworld TV show from 1980, which ain't that great. But I, I sort of always put links to the HBO thing, and I got a pretty good amount of listeners coming in and listening to it. But um, but most of the shows, like I said, most episodes will be three segments. And uh, yeah, and ho- hopefully you enjoy what they are. I, and I fully understand that, like, 
you know, we that that you're not going to like every show or be interested in every show that's on here. I don't know. Some people do listen to the show all the way through, and you guys are the best. And some people come on, and, you know, like I've had people say, well, I'm interested that you're doing, like, you know, it's, I'm interested that you're talking about, I, I'm trying to remember, like, uh, you're talking about Green Hornet, and you're talking about Ellery Queen, I like that, but you're talking about... You know, like Auto Man, and I'm not interested at all. So I, I guess those people kind of jump around the episodes when they're listening and skip bits. And I don't know what I mean. I'm sure I probably lost listeners down the ages who have joined in when there have been two or three shows they loved, and then then when they were all gone. I like to I like to liken it. I like to liken it to uh, Doctor Who, except when Russell T Davies keeps bringing back the Tenth Doctor and Donna Noble. But I like to, to say to Doctor Who, where Doctor Who, if you watch Doctor Who from beginning to end, there are eras. And things end, and we go on. The Stephen Moffat era was really strong with that. You know, when when the pawns were done, the pawns were done. When Clara was gone, Clara was gone. You know, that kind of thing. You know, and and so I, I like to sort of say that. You know, like like in you know like the 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 twentieth season in the original run of Doctor Who. Um, well, no, the twentieth season is not a good example because it was the anniversary. Let's say the the nineteenth season of the original run of Doctor Who. You know. Um, you know, you weren't suddenly going to get an episode with Victoria, Waterfield, and Vicky. You know, it wasn't going to happen. Those eras, the eras end and they're over and you carry on. Now, um, we do have, so, 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 like, so like with Galactica, Galactica's done. We're not going to be talking about any more Galactica. All the Galactica chat is done. Will Christopher Bly come back? Uh, hopefully, yeah, you know, and everyone come, you know, most people have come back, you know, my, my wife Madeline has joined me for several shows, uh, great uh, author and um, Mitchell Hadley of the It's About TV, author of Electronic Mirror has joined me for a couple of shows, I said uh, Amanda's has joined me for three shows, my friend Amy the Conqueror has joined me for shows, Tim S. Turner is, we're on three, uh, the great Gore Blimey from the UK has joined me for two, uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and Man to Man with Dean Lerner, uh, but then some folks have, uh, have only joined me for one, Rob Kelly from the Fire and Water Network, he, we did Police Squad. Um, uh, Charlie Brown, the mother effing Browns from, from uh, I believe, Medicine Hats in Canada. Great guy. He used to do a podcast with him called Podcast Mania. We've only done one show, Manimal, because that's all he had the time for. And then there, of course, have been a few people who I, I was hoping to get on the show who, for whatever reason, fell through. Um, but maybe we'll get them on sometime. You know, and then I have, like, my friend uh, Kristen Hawes, who uh, there was a period in the show for about four episodes, I think, or five episodes, where I had three different shows going on and guests in all three of those different shows. But, spoiler, she's the, she's the guest in all three of the shows. And uh, I called her by a different name for each thing. But so there, so Kristen had joined me for, for that. We had all kinds of different things. And then there are shows like Monster Squad I do by myself. And generally, if I'm doing a show by myself... It is either something that you can kind of get relatively easy, like Monster Squad, but I've been having trouble getting someone to join me for it. Or it's a show like when I did Shadow Chasers. Shadow Chasers can be tough to find. Gemini Man can be tough to find. You know, so I ended up doing them myself. And um, I don't, I don't, I, 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 you, you'll hear me do a Monster Squad by myself in a moment. And I, I think I'm fine when I do it by myself. I tend to repeat myself a little bit because I have this thing where, like, if suddenly I, I make a point that I think is very good, but there's no one to go either, hey, that was a good point, or oh, I disagree, Dan. It's sort of I put the point out in a vacuum. And so sometimes it'd be like, hey, you know, 
um, this episode is really reminds me of this. It reminds me of this. This episode. It reminds me of this. And, you know, I, if, if I don't have someone to sit there and go, ah, Dan, you're reaching. Or, hey, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I tend to repeat myself, but, but you'll hear it. And I, like I said, I prefer to do shows with people. But let's be honest, it's much easier to just hook up a mic, go on Audacity and talk for 20 minutes than, than to spend, you know, a bunch of time arranging things and going back and forth and setting up what episodes we're going to watch. And on more than one occasion, um, I've, I've um, neglected giving people the right names of the episodes or just giving them the numbers of the episodes. Okay, we're going we're gonna to get together and talk episodes uh, four through six next time we get together. But their lineup of episodes is different from mine, so we, talked about, we watch completely different episodes. And yes, when I, when I record with other people, in general, we record a bunch of episodes at the same time. We had a problem with this a few years ago where there was a gentleman. We did a show called Bourbon Street Beat, which was the oldest show we've done on here. And the great Mitchell Hadley joined me for that. But we had a gentleman who um, never seemed to... Very nice guy, but but we I never seemed to... Um, I, I guess I was explaining it poorly. Hopefully I can explain it decently here. But 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 Mitchell and I, we would discuss like four episodes of the show at a time. We'd get there were thirty-nine episodes of that show, and we would get together once every two months. We'd talk four episodes over the course of like two, two and a half hours. And those four segments would go up over the next four episodes. And this gentleman was always contacting us and saying, you know, well, I just listened to your chat on episode twenty-four, and um uh, I hope you're going to mention on 25 that this happened and this happened and this happened. And we would always say, well, you know, we already recorded 25 at the same time as 24. And that would happen a lot. So, 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 um, I, I always welcome people. Um, you know, we're on, we're on, uh, at eSuperTrain1 on X slash Twitter, eventually SuperTrain on Facebook. You can email me at Danny, D A N N Y, slacks, S L A C K S, at yahoo.com. If you have, if you like the show, if you got questions on the show, if you think, hey, I might be, I love this old, sh- old short-lived show or a new short-lived show. We'll do, I mean, the newest short-lived show I've done at this, the, the tricky thing with short-lived shows at this time is it's, it's tough to gauge short-lived shows at this moment. So, so for example, my, uh, uh, I just watched a show um, called, well, I watched the first season when it came up, the sixth season, a show called Space Force. I think created by Greg Daniels of The Office, and and I think he worked on Cheers. Other, other thing, um, forgive me if he, if he didn't, uh, or was it Frazier? Um, but um, uh, he um, he created a show called Space Force, starring Steve Carell, which was on Netflix. And I don't have it standing by here, but the first episode was like six or seven half hour episodes. Then they did a second season, which was six or seven half hour episodes. Then the show was canceled. So there are 12 to 14 half-hour episodes, um, which means we're in the vicinity of like 13, 13 episodes. So one might say, hey, you could include that here because it was a short-lived show. But technically, there was two full seasons. It's, it's tricky with modern-day shows because of that. You know, if, if a show, for example, is on a network where they'll give it 22 or 24 episodes and it only goes for 6 or 13 or something like that. Yeah, that's very obvious. But if a show's going on a streaming thing, like, for example, like, um, uh, like, like what, what do you do with shows that don't, like, I was going to say, like, Poker Face on, on Peacock. Great show, super fun. What was it, 10 episodes, one season. And, and I'm, I've heard that they are going to make a second season, which is awesome. But But the thing with, like, the way shows work on streaming is like 
the the first season is I mean it leaves it's kind of open ended at the end of it, but it doesn't really need a second season. It could have a second season, but it doesn't need one. So so how do you how do you do with deal with something like that? I was going to say to to keep it in the same spot. Um, Russian Doll, the the Netflix show. The first season of that was what like seven eight episodes and was a completely enclosed story, and then four years later they came back and made a second series with a completely enclosed story, sort of continuing on from the first one, but not really, but there didn't have to be that second. So it's, like I said, it, it gets tricky because, you know, how do you like Bourbon Street Beat? Okay. That's the oldest show we've covered on here. 1959 to 1960, 39 hour long episodes. Boom. The, the most recent show we've covered, I think it was the middleman, which is 2008, which is what? 15 or 16 hour long episodes. So it's sort of like, how do you do it? I mean, like I said, with Space Force, Space Force, there are 12 to 14 episodes, two full Netflix seasons. The show is canceled, uh, but it had two full seasons on Netflix. It got two full seasons on Netflix, which means that it's outside of the purview of this show, even though it, I mean, it literally had, what, one third of the episodes that Burger Street Beat had in one season? So it, it gets a bit tricky sometimes, and and that's kind of why there aren't like like there aren't any modern modern shows on here because, like for for example, um, there there was that show there was a show with a uh, Matt Lucas it was Pompadou or something like that, and it was six episodes and it was pretty good, and and but it, it looked like when I saw it it was and, and it's British too so this doesn't quite work but but it did I did, I did see it on Netflix it's like that they made it and it looked like that was the only series they planned on doing so yeah, that was it that you know it was like you know we we've covered two uh, British shows on here Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and Man to Man with Dean Lerner and they're both very you know they're, they're both related to one another um, but they're both sort of within themselves very sort of self-contained. Could there have been a second series of Garth Marenghi? Sure. Could there have been a second series of Man to Man with Dean Linder? Sure. But there weren't. And so it's it's slightly tricky because to me, like a show like Garth Marenghi feels completed. Whereas a short-lived series shouldn't really feel completed, right? It should it should um it should feel like some something hasn't been completed. Uh so so that's that's kind of why we haven't done more modern day shows. Um, first off, because like I like I said, I had thought maybe like a year ago, like maybe well a couple before the second series of Russian Doll, I thought that might be fun to talk about. But now they've done a full second series, so it's out of the show. We can't do it. Do it on the show. So there you go. What else about the show? I'm going to go on to the Monster Squad real quick. I just wanted to sort of cover all my thoughts and and things about the show. Maybe I'm going on too long, but that's okay. We'll be all right. I think before I go to Monster Squad, I'll sort of discuss um. One of the fun things with the short-lived shows is, um, I, I saw someone say that the problem, of course, with with doing anything online nowadays, comments on YouTube or social media, is everyone everyone has an opinion about something, and, and to be honest, most people's opinions kind of stink or they're they're half-assed or or you know in in the old I mean obviously like when I was growing up in the '80s, everyone had their opinions. You know, and the thing was, like, I didn't have to hear my, as much as I love her, my Aunt Cindy's opinions on anything because there was no online stuff. And the few times I would talk with her and she'd give her opinions on stuff, I'd, every one of her opinions, I'd be like, where'd that come from? 
Where, where are you thinking about that? She'd say something and then, she, well, I, I read and I uh, saw this on Entertainment Tonight. They mentioned, you know, or something. she'd say something and you'd be like, where are you getting these thoughts from? Where are these ideas coming from? Where, like, where, you know, and, and I, I remember seeing someone say something like, well, you should ignore the first season of most shows because they're crap. And some people were like, well, you know, is, is that... Um, I mean that might certainly be true with some shows, but um, because there are, there are shows that that are uh, accomplished right out of the gate, and there are plenty of shows that ran for less than a season. So to make a statement like that means that any show that runs for under a season is automatically crap, which of course is baloney. Quite a few shows that we talk about on here are pretty darn good. Um, not all of them. I mentioned Beyond Westworld, eh, not so great. Planet of the Apes show, eh, not so great. The early 80s, William Conrad, Lee Horsley led Nero Wolf, eh, not so great. So we got shows here that aren't so great. But then we have other shows on here, a show like, say, Police Squad, or Ellery Queen, or Search, that I think are, or The Middleman, which I think are damn good shows. And then you have other shows that sort of, you know, have are sort of as uneven as any other show, like Cobra, or or Bourbon Street Beat, or The Green Hornet. Uh, and then you have other shows that sort of start off one way and begin to change and go as they go along. Um, sometimes they improve, like Shadow Chasers, which starts off kind of vague, doing that like, we're a supernatural show, but we're going to disprove all the supernatural, and then gradually as the 13 episodes goes along, starts to allow for the supernatural, becomes more interesting. Or you have a show like, say, Gemini Man, which I think starts off real strong, and then somewhere in there, they kind of lose one of the lead actors, which kind of breaks an interesting chain of, of characters, and so they start to change the format a bit. It doesn't matter at this point because the show's already off the air. Uh, that's one of the weird things about shows like this, right? Is like a show like Gemini Man had a two-hour TV movie and 11 episodes made, but only the first five aired. Literally, the last, the last like, like six didn't air. But Gemini Man is an example of a show that changes as it goes along, but not for the better. And some shows, like Cliffhangers, the very first show we talked about on here, because of the nature of the show, gets better as it goes. The show gets better as it goes. It improves as it goes. And so you get all sorts of shows on here. Um, like, like, what, like Galactica 1980 was a show that... I felt never found its niche. It never quite found what the heck it was about. Um, my, my, my co-host Christopher Bly argues that during the last three episodes, it found elements of what it could do, but never combined them into a full episode. So like like one of the three episodes is just um, very, uh, sort of is very entertaining. And another has sort of a, um, uh, sort of has a, has a storyline in it that really works. And then another has kind of a structure to it. You know, it's like they, they, were, they were getting there, but they never quite got it right. And then the show was canceled. And, and, and you get that with some shows. Some, some shows like Auto Man was a great example. You know, Auto Man had, what, 13, 12, 13 episodes? And it starts off and you get the premise. But apart from a few episodes, you get to the end and you're like, where was this show going? You know, people make fun of Manimal for having a ridiculous concept, and I guess it is ridiculous. But if you watch the eight episodes of Manimal, there really is a feeling like they sort of, one, they know it's ridiculous. They know it's goofball. And two, 
they're kind of having a, a, a fun time with it, and they seem to be, like, moving towards something. But the show got canceled long before it could get there. So there's all sorts of different shows we're covering on here. Like I said, right now it's Max Headroom. I'm only two episodes in. The first one was a nice introduction to the series. Uh, the second one wasn't very good. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And Monster Squad is a Saturday morning show where basically they they get the, you know, make 13 episodes and we'll show them. So they make the episodes, you know, it's an order of episodes that they make. And and so the 13 episodes of Monster Squad, um, probably made and shown out of or, all, all out of order, you know, like the the show is exactly where it's going to be as you watch it just because of the, the nature of how it was made um monster squad was never probably going to get more than 13 episodes so they picked the formula and they stuck to the formula and they made it whereas a show like say max headroom or or, or galactica 1980 you know if it had been given more time it may have grown it may have changed it may have done this it may have done that so we're all we're all in sort of very different spaces here and yes there are plenty of short-lived shows still to cover and i haven't mentioned all of the ones we covered here i mean uh we also covered uh michael gambin passed away recently we covered the singing detective uh what other shows we covered we covered it we did a mini series we did the great uh super fun uh fresno we did i think i mentioned the great early 70s spy show search we did the early 80s spy show uh, masquerade We've done we've done a lot of stuff on here. As I said, covering 1959 to 2008, and we will cover many more. And eventually, we will cover Super Train. And the episode where we begin to cover Super Train means the show is coming to an end. At the moment, I don't think it'll be happening anytime soon. But thanks again for listening to this long ramble about what the show is, where the show has been. Welcome, Spotify listeners. And now let me play you the theme to the Saturday morning uh, 1976 kids show Monster Squad. And uh, I'll talk about it. And um, I I will say, when I started doing the show, I tried to include a lot of sound bites. But sound bites got trickier and trickier to do. So eventually I was like, I'm going to stop doing sound bites, everyone. And no one really seemed to care. So I was like, okay, sound bites are a lot of work. If nobody cares, then I'm going to stop. But for you guys, I there are sound bites in this Monster Squad discussion. I hope you enjoy them. I might start adding more of them soon. Listen to this. <laughs> I work as night watchman here at Fred's Wax Museum to put myself through criminology college. It used to be very lonely until recently when I plugged in my crime computer. Suddenly, oscillating vibrations brought to life three legendary monsters. Dracula. The werewolf. And Frankenstein. Creatures hated and feared for centuries now determined to make up for their past misbehaving by fighting crime wherever they find it. Together, We're the Monster Squad! Alright, episode 5 of Monster Squad, Music Man. Original air date October 9th, 1976. Oddly enough, I'm recording this on October 8th, 2023. I don't know that that's exciting, but hey, right? I was almost one day. I didn't know that was happening. It was almost, forget it. Uh, Music Man, directed by James Sheldon, who had directed previously uh, the Queen Bee episode. 
And this is it says written by Stanley Ralph Ross, who was um, wasn't the creator, but was like the person who developed the show for TV. Earl Dowd and Chuck McCann. Now Chuck McCann, of course, is is a famous. Um, uh, he's a voice guy. He was uh, appeared on tons of shows. You probably know if you saw him. I know him from. He did a bunch of. Uh, Laurel and Hardy, well, he did a Hardy impersonation on uh, Laurel and Hardy commercials in the 70s. If you happen to watch TV, TV shows from the 70s, actually, there's a couple bowling matches you can watch online where you'll see him, and he does a very good Oliver Hardy. Uh, he does the voice, most of the voices on the show Cool McCool. He pops up in the wonderful TV movie The Girl Most Likely 2. He's in all sorts of stuff. He's in a, um, he was one of those guys who was there sort of when, TV started off really early, sort of like Ernie Kovacs kind of thing, who used to do tons and tons and tons of of stuff, like every single day for kids and puppeteering, and he'd, he'd, he'd do sketches and all kinds of crazy stuff, filling up hours and hours of television. So he's you, you know him when you saw him, and you possibly know him when you heard him too. He was also right before this show, uh, before he wrote this with Earl Dowd, he and Earl Dowd co-created a show called Far Out Space Nuts. With Bob Denver, where Bob Denver and Chuck McCann play two. Uh, I said lunch, not launch. Uh, where they're in a spaceship and they get lost and craziness happens. I remember it being, from what I remember of it, I, I didn't see it. I was too young to see it when it aired. But I, th- I do remember vaguely seeing it. it. It would have been repeated for years into the late 70s, into the 80s. And I remember seeing it here and there and just thinking that it wasn't very good. I think it was Sid and Marty Croft related and um, so, yeah, Earl Down, Chuck McCann, two of the writers listed here. Um, I best know them for Far Out Space Nuts. Not a very good show. It was, like, like I've said before when I've talked about Monster Squad, uh, when I was a kid watching these sh- Saturday morning cartoons, it was basically end of the 70s, say 78, to maybe like 84, 85. And there weren't a ton of live action shows. There were some, but I think there were more, certainly more before before that time. And, and used to watch, I used to watch Saturday morning cartoons between 8 and 11. That's when the cartoons were on. And then after 11, you would start to get live action stuff. They would show old, you know, Ghostbusters with, with um, a Bob Burns, um, Larry Storch, Forrest Tucker. they show Shazam and Isis around, uh, around 83, 84, whatever. They start showing the Starcade game show. Uh, so, so it's like after eleven o'clock, you got in a very tricky area because you started to get into like also those um, filmation like live action shows. I want to say Jason and Star Command is that one? Did I make that up? Sort of thing. But um, and but Monster Squad, as I've said before, is one I never actually watched. Uh, I was never on. So this is this is yeah. And Stanley Ralph Ross. Uh, the reason why I think Stanley Ralph Ross's name is here is because he's actually in the episode he plays um he plays the gentleman jackie joey who's kind of a hey everyone kind of host and he hosts a telethon in this and basically when the episode begins uh the gang is playing um classical music there a couple of violins uh, basically a a string trio but they're not really playing they're mining to a record and a telethon comes on for natural causes and let me play you a little bit of that telethon, which is interrupted by our bad guy this week. Hi again, disease fans. This is Jackie Joe, your congenial and most sincere host, welcoming you to the third hour of the Natural Causes Telethon. And the money continues to dribble in. Now, this ball may look half-filled to you, but to me, 
It's half empty. So why don't you unbuckle your money belts out there and don't just give till it hurts. Give till it feels good. Even as I speak, 10 people per minute are succumbing to this dread affliction. So help us stamp out this scourge of all scourges. Natural causes. And now checking the big tote board, let's check and see what the big tote is. The big tote is... 450,701 dollars. How about that? All right, it's entertainment time again. A new group on the rock and roll scene. Here, ladies and gentlemen, the group called, um... The group called, um... What's the name of your group, anyway? Take them up! What a great name for a group. How about a big hand for Stick em Up? That's not the name of the group, you six-foot power teeth. That's what we want you to do. These aren't guitars, you square from Bel Air. These are laser beam disintegrators. And we're here to get your guilt, so pack it. Hey, you can't do that. Put that money back. All you nosy people at home, here's a station rate that will really break your station. <laughs> and the music man who is Lorenzo Musica, get it, uh, is very, uh, I guess, very glam, sort of in his outfit and the way he's dressed. But he's kind of, I mean, he's like a guy in his 50s, maybe even older and really kind of a big guy as an overweight and so he ends up he ends up looking kind of weird i think and i guess marty allen always ended up uh, was weird marty allen plays the music man lorenzo musica in this um and i'll talk more about him in a minute but um and he you you hear him in there when when you when you hear his dialogue they've given him sort of like he has his mid-70s sort of glam look and they have him talking like hey i'm a hip guy but he's not really hip at all i think that's sort of the point is in a moment uh and he has two two i'm sorry uh he has two one of the things you'll notice as you listen to these shows folks is that when i'm talking by myself and sometimes when i'm talking with other people i'll get halfway through a thought or start a thought and then suddenly jump to something else. Usually I get back to the first thought, but not always. He's got uh, Music Man is two, uh, Allegro and Andante, uh, two uh, henchmen, as as per most of these episodes farther. Basically, it's it's some sort of uh, flamboyant-esque, flamboyant villain and uh, two henchmen. And that's kind of what it is, to give the Monster Squad three people to fight against in the end when they do one of their not-real fights. And we're going to learn, well, we learn right now what the Music Man's plan is with all that money. Are you really going to play Madison Round Garden where all the big superstar rock groups go? Why not? I'm a mellow fellow, a real gone guy, one of today's children. Hey, Bob, a Bob. Uh, Madison Round Garden, <laughs> it sounds great, boss. Uh, look, uh... Who's going to book us there? And Dante, will you school that fool to the rules of reality? Well, uh, the fact of the matter is nobody is going to book us there. The boss has been tossed out of every concert hall in America for disturbing the peace. But now that I have this money, this lovely lucre, these adorable spondulics, I will book us there. Furthermore, I will hire an audience at $10 a piece to sit there and listen as I play. And they will come to laugh, I know, but they will stay to cheer and huzzah and bravo. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we get enough money to make people sit through a whole evening of his music. 
Let's see, what shall I perform to send that audience out beyond the borders of musical wonderfulness? The squad basically heads down to where he's at, which I think he said is Primrose and Abbey Road, at the corner of Primrose and Abbey Road. I think it was that's what they said. And they all end up getting put in like a like a booth filled with really loud sort of generic rock music. You know, the sort of rock music like like in Green Acres, whatever Ab used to put on a transistor radio, the sort of you know, that generic rock music that makes you think, are the people making this show like eighty years old? Why do they not know what rock music sounds? You you can just you can you can literally turn on the radio or, or like go down to the lo- a local music store, buy an album and, and listen to it. That's what rock music sounds. That's what music, popular music sounds like at that moment. But it, it's it's um, I don't know. I, I guess the people who did the library music or the incidental music are, are possibly all like eighty or ninety years old and didn't get out much. So there's a uh, they they eventually escape from there and they get in a big nonviolent fight and they catch the bad guys and then we get a final scene with uh, with our host from the Natural Causes Telethon back one more time thanking our boys <laughs> and I publicly and very sincerely want to thank the Monster Squad for recovering all the money for our Natural Causes TV Telethon. Well, it's nothing that a couple of ear operations wouldn't fix. <laughs> And I especially would like to ask the guys in Monster Squad if they'd like to be guest stars on our upcoming TV special. What do you say, guys? Let me know. Bye-bye out there. Wanted to become stars. Uh, I could do my dramatic readings of Casey Uppercat. I can do my imitations of Rin Tin Tin and President James Buchanan. Wait a minute. That was over a hundred years ago, Bruce. Nobody remembers how James Buchanan spoke. Well, I do. And take it from me, he does a very good imitation of James Buchanan. Thanks, Drunk. Hey, we can sing and dance, and I can do some card tricks. I'm afraid that's a moment of glory we'll have to forego. It would really hinder our efficiency as crime fighters. He's right. Grib it. Almost done, guys. Time to get a good day's sleep. Saddest words of tongue or pen, what might have been a career in show business, fancy cars, a nice old drafty mansion, ceaseless interviews with Rona Barrett, hands clutching at our clothes. In second thought, I'd rather just fight crime. Me too. Classy. Good night, guys. And thanks again for another job well done. Right now, as I mentioned uh, earlier, sometimes we use sound bites, sometimes we don't. I haven't used sound bites for a long period of time due to uh, just it, it being a pain in the butt getting decent sound. But I actually saw, like, literally a, a, a week before I recorded this, someone uploaded this episode onto YouTube. So I was able to get decent sound off of it. Uh, so so there's some sound bites to enjoy. Don't, uh, that's not going to happen a lot. But what it does, it's nice. I don't know that they're needed, like I said. People don't, people don't really seem to... It doesn't really seem to... It, it, I, th- I think people kind of prefer just the show to flow without stopping for the sound bites. But then some like them, some don't. So we're on this episode. Yeah, Marty Allen, ex of Allen, uh, comedy team Allen and Rossi, is our music man dressed up really hip with kind of the hip, hip, his hip makeup on, his two hip guys helping him out. And they all end up looking completely goofy. And um, possibly... He's, he's possibly a little disturbing maybe to kids. I found him a little odd. He's sort of... Um, 
he's fl- he's kind of flamboyant, I guess is what it is. And there's kind of a weirdness to him, like when he's delivering some of those lines, like you square from Bel Air and things. It never um, he he's he's either doing the best job of being like like a terrible not with it unhip musician trying to be hip or he's like he's like you know your grandpa trying to be hip um i i did see and i don't know if this means anything to anyone but he did make an appearance in cannibal run 2 i don't know if that means anything to anyone but i was looking at his credits cannibal run 2 but but yeah alan rossi he was a um he was part of the comedy team alan and, and rossi uh and they made tons of uh TV appearances throughout the 60s, and usually um, Rossi was kind of a tall, handsome guy, and Alan was a shorter, kind of chunky guy, who was like, hey, hello there, that, that was his thing, and it's funny, because I, I didn't quite realize, like with, you know, I love the Green Acres, and I wrote the Henningverse book, and you know, one of Lisa's things is like, she'll say, hello there, and it never occurred to me that that was an Alan and Rossi thing, um, it may not have been, people certainly said hello there, before he did. But that was kind of like his kind of catchphrase trademark was hello there, he would say. I think they had an album like Martin and Rossi, Hello There. And they, they would just basically do bits where it was uh, 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 Rossi would stand there and, and say like, um, I have here with me the finest boxer in the land or the finest golfer in the land. And, and um, Marty Allen would come out looking kind of goofy, walking kind of funny, dressed a little silly. And just give silly answers to questions. And, and sometimes, I've heard a few of the bits. In fact, I heard a bit about a boxer and I heard a bit about a golfer. And it's it's sort of, it's very 60s. It's it's the sort of thing where, you know, um, if you, like, if, if there are comments involved, like from, you know, average people online, uh, you'll see things like, I remember these guys, this was when humor was clean and it didn't have to be so dirty and everything like that. But the funny thing is, you look at Marty Allen, and especially you see him in this episode and you think... I would bet if his career had gone a slightly different way, he'd have more like dirty comedy albums out there than Red Fox did. He just he just he just looks the sort to me. Um, but yeah, he was. They appeared. Uh, Alan Rossi appeared on tons of shows, did tons of tons of comedy bits. And like I said, I've heard a few of them. They're amusing, uh, and I laughed a couple times. But but in general, they're just sort of. They're they're they weren't one of my favorite. I mean, you know, in the nineteen sixties, there are definitely other. Um, groups and, and things you can watch that are much funnier and still funny today. Uh, the Alan Rossi stuff, a lot of that just seemed like, yeah, okay. It's, it, t- to be honest to me, it seemed, they seem kind of mediocre. They seem kind of like a mediocre troupe who just happened to be in the right place at the right time doing, doing the thing and, and look, looking back and sort of like, yeah, kind of forgotten. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I always say like one of my favorite comedy, com- my, my favorite comedy duo of that time, and, and they began before. And, and Martin and Rossi, they, I think they were done by the early 70s. There's a weird thing online where it's like, like Martin and Rossi meets like Dracula or Frankenstein or something like that. And it's weird because you see it on IMDb, but there's no information. It just lists it. And then you think, I'll check Wikipedia. And then Wikipedia lists it, but then its source is the IMDb which doesn't have any information apart from the title and a possible date. So no one, I, I don't think, even knows if that was actually made. They did do a film together, like, Last of the Secret Agents in the late 60s, which was a, you know, James Bond-type parody, and there were tons of those back then. I'd like to see that. I always enjoy uh, the James Bond. I enjoy the James Bond films. I enjoy the James Bond ripoffs and such. So I'd like to see if that was um, a funny one. I, it's tough to say. I mean, I think, I think they're one of those, like, 
it's it's almost like um, I recently watched an Olsen and Johnson film. Was it Ghost Crazy or Spook Crazy? One of those, I think, is a Bowery Boys film. And I watched the movie, and I just sat there for the whole time thinking, while this is not unfun, they're not particularly funny. And in fact, when I first saw them, and they were doing their shtick, and the one guy, like, he would say a bad joke, and then <laughs> he'd laugh, and it was like, huh, I don't know that this is good. And I watched the movie, and the movie is, is entertaining because it's kind of crazy, not because they're funny. And I, I feel like Martin and Rossi might be like that, too. And I'm sure someone is listening to this and going, man, Martin and Rossi were the bomb. You don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. No, I don't know. I listened to two, three of their sketches, and um, I didn't find them very funny. Um, you know who I found funnier? Hudson and Landry. You remember them? I heard some of their bits, and they, a couple of those made me laugh. It just seemed uh, very... Um, it died, yeah, whatever. So, so yeah, but Marty Allen in this, and he's very, um, like I said, he's rather flamboyant and got a lot of makeup on his face. He's got his, this big uh, hair and, and his, his big glammy, feathery outfits. I mean, it looks like he's, yeah, I guess he's mixing kind of like a glam rock kind of thing with like almost like a Carol Channing. He's kind of a slightly disturbing character, which is kind of part of the fun. And knowing that his, his shtick is that he's a bad musician, who steals all this money so he can pay people to go see him play at Madison Round Garden. I like that. I also think um, the uh, the fact that the... Um, this seems like a very Stanley Ralph Ross joke to me because this is, from what I remember, Far Out Space Nuts, the Natural Causes telethon is more amusing than anything in all 15 episodes of Far Out Space Nuts. They, they, it's basically, it's a, yeah, it's a telethon for, for natural causes because they're, they've run out of... Um, other sort of you know diseases and things so they're doing natural causes and it's fun and, and the bad guys steal there and uh, it is i mean it is one of those episodes where you like the gang the monster squad all assemble and they're they're practicing with the music man and and trying to uh look like they know what they're doing and they wind up in this um little booth where the music is playing and they seem to be in that booth for a very long time that that's one of the things with these episodes is like They'll, they'll kind of go along and they're kind of doing their thing, but they always seem to hit a point where, like, the guys are trapped somewhere or one of them is trapped or something is happening. And the moment that happens, that basically seems to go until the final fight, which isn't really a fight in the end. So, like, in this one, I'm just, I'm just having a quick look at it here. Yeah, there's a really weird scene where the music man is playing his music and they're all kind of dancing along to it, which kind of reminds me of the uh, automaton women and Mr. Mephisto making everyone kind of move. And, uh, yeah, he leads them into this little chamber, which we've seen before. I think Drac was attacked by a bear in a chamber like that. And, two, when we when we see the, the sort of the front window of Musica's um, uh, uh, place there, um, it's very much that same sort of large window with the door kind of thing we've seen before. So it's, it's funny. Like, if, you know, the, the Wax Museum set is big and fun, and every other set is pretty much the same set from episode after episode. We'll get the, the if they're out in the sidewalk, we'll get that set with the big window and like the double doors. If they're inside, there'll be a set that always has like something hanging in the background to cover the fact that there's no wall. There'll be, uh, there'll be this, the, the echo chamber. It's an echo chamber set thing that they're standing in and they just redress again and again. And part of the fun of the show is seeing everything sort of repeat over and over and over again. And it's, it's kind of fun to see. It kind of creates this world where sort of like, 
you know, the Monster Squad are going after different villains every week. But the villains all sort of get their stuff from the same thing. Or maybe they're like, you know, we're, we cleared Music Man out this week. Now we'll have another villain in that same spot the next week. So I, it's, it's alternately charming and so, so cheap. And that's part of the charm of it, too, is, this, is that it, is an, it was shot. It was an extremely cheap show. Shot, shot extremely quickly. And everyone's doing their best. You know, um, Frank is, is great as always. Um, does some great faces when he's trying to punch through the glass. Is a lot of fun when he's playing fake violin. Uh, Bruce the Wolfman is awesome as always. Thinking about Lassie, getting this big faraway look in his eye. Draco when he gets his corns tread on and he goes is is also great. So they're they're fun to see. And and uh, Walt back at back at the um, at the wax museum doesn't do much, but um, and it's it's. It's funny because the show always ends on a freeze frame. And this one, the guys are getting back. You, you heard it. They're getting back in their spaces and then a freeze frame. But when a freeze frame's like, Walt kind of does like a really high crossing of his arms and he gets a big smile on his face. And, and the framing is slightly off. And then, the, and then it freeze frames right there. It's so like, what a weird space to freeze frame. Why not freeze frame on the monsters? Which is where the kids, you know, why the kids came for the episode. But that's all right. Overall, um, as the, the thing with this show is that pretty much all the episodes, except maybe the first two, as I, as I mentioned, Mr. Mephisto and Queen Bee, are pretty much the exact same. So um, if you like what the episodes are doing, then you're going to like most of the episodes. Some you like might, might like more than others. Um, if you don't like what the show is doing, you got to take off right now. It's just it's going to drive you nuts. One episode is really all you need. Um, but I think as, as far as they go, this one's a fun one. Um, maybe, yeah, they are in the chamber too long, covering their ears, uh, being annoyed by the sound. And Marty Allen is, um, I think, kind of... He, he's, not, he's not funny. He's kind of got this weird flamboyantness. It's almost... It's kind of, like, skeezy, almost. Kind of, like, creepy, kind of. Which, which I guess, works, right? You know? And so... Uh, maybe that's not what they wanted from him, but that's kind of the vibe I get. So that's, you know, there, there, there's not a lot to say on an episode like this. There, there are some fun moments, and um, you get the James Buchanan thing. You get, um, I'm going to play you in a quote, quote from a minute. You know, we all think that Frank is pretty dumb. But he, we're going to have a quote in a minute that shows, eh, maybe he's not quite as dumb as we thought he was. You know, overall, the episode is fine. Like I said, if the, the final fight, again, there's no violence in it. It's just a lot of sort of running around, throwing things, people picking people up, setting them down. There are no punches. There are no, you know, there's no craziness. It all sort of happens, and then it's over. And um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's all pretty high camp. Much more so than, I know Stanley Ralph Ross, of course, being involved heavily with the 60s Batman. This, I would say, at, like, this episode in particular is super camp. Like, everything about the Music Man, Allegro and Dante are camp, and it's all camp through the roof. So this one's super camp. Um, possibly more so than, say, like the Tickler. The Tickler had its camp moments, but wasn't as camp because the Tickler was more dour, and it was kind of like this. You know, and so this one, if you like your, your stuff flamboyant and camp and colorful, apart from maybe the green interior of the echo chamber, this one's got a lot of fun in it. And you also get, um, you know, Drac becomes a bad at one point, and um, uh, Bruce and, and Frank uh, jump in the Monster Squad van, which I love so much. And there's a great thing where I, I love, too, that, that Frank never does the, um, 
uh, you know, the Ghost of Frankenstein thing, you know, where suddenly he's got Igor's brain and the monster is blind, so he throws up his arms, which is the way we always think of Frankenstein monster. But, of course, it wasn't the way Boris Karloff played him in the first three movies. Um, but the great thing here is Frank kind of stands and moves like a regular person, you know, when he's sitting in the, you know, the chair playing the fake violin or watching the telethon. He acts like anyone else. But there's a great moment when... Um, Walt, you know, Dracula's gone as a bat and Walt says to Bruce and Frank, get out there and find out what's going, get down to the telethon and find out what's going on. And Frank nods and goes, yes. And then he immediately raises his arm and goes off camera with, which I like. And then they get in the Monster Squad van, which is the best thing in the world. And one of the things I love about the Monster Squad van is that it's always nighttime when they go out, which makes sense for Drac, right? But it's always nighttime and it's always the same series of shots with them going through that really cardboard like garage door or whatever it is that lowers to the ground and then like a shot of them driving through somewhere through LA in the middle of the night I love it so so overall Music Man fun episode Marty Allen creepy kind of skeezy villain but but certainly keeps you looking keeps you watching and um and, uh, you know, if, if you're enjoying the show up to this point, you are going to enjoy the rest of the show. If you're not enjoying the show, because as I've said before, these episodes don't, it's 24 minutes and you feel all 24 minutes. This does not, this does not kick along like crazy. This is not like a modern episode of a, of a comedy or something like that where you're going to watch it and it, it flies. This moves very slow. But if you can get into the groove, it's a lot of fun. So that is the end of this, everyone. And that's for all, again, for all the, the new Spotify uh, listeners, thank you so much for, for joining us. And this is, this, is, this, is a, this is a regular episode, but it's also, like I said, a sample episode. In the next one, Tim S. Turner will be back, and we'll be talking Max Headroom. And then at the start of 2024 in February, again, if you're listening to this past you know 2023 or February 2024... None of this will mean anything, but February 2024, a third show will be here, and we'll be doing Max Headroom, Monster Squad, and whatever that show is. But right now, we're just kind of in a, in a strange state. I'm just trying something new. We just happen to get on Spotify, as I said. So uh, be good to yourself, everyone. I'm going to play uh, I'm gonna play a little bit more of the Monster Squad theme. <laughs> Lorenzo Musica, their leader, and Franz Schubert now have one thing in common, an unfinished symphony. <laughs>